You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, man. It's one of those times you're sitting through the commercial break. and like, I don't need a break, man. I just want to jump right into this. I want to jump right into this because my man, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, Arrowhead Pride, heard him pregame, halftime, and postgame all chief season long. And you're going to hear Pete some more when it comes up to the draft. Not going to spoil anything, but uh, Pete and I will uh, probably be working together a little bit as we like to hashtag talk chiefs, Pete. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, it's what month is it here? It's it's March, and and we're talking plenty of Chiefs because the NFL has designed this thing so that there's no break at all when it it's comes to new news. Months, Pete, they they've made it twelve months now with the combine, the draft, the OTAs, the minicamp. There is not one month that there's not something going on in the NFL. Like after the Super Bowl, the Senior Bowl, you know, there's not one month. That's the only sport that's done it. It's the only sport that's made every month relevant. They found a way to do it. A lot of people don't talk about that, but the NFL has made every single month extremely relevant. Truly working in it, you look at the calendar every day, right? So working on arrowheadpride.com, it really truly is. I wouldn't say 52-week, but 47-week year. There's five weeks prior to training camp where the players are, are set free, and that's when the coaches have their, hey, don't mess up here. The season's coming up. True. But, but you agree with me. It's still part of June. Oh, and no doubt. Training camps in no July. Doubt. So literally yeah. every month, Pete, there's something. Yeah, every month there's something. It's a technicality you put on me there. Yeah, that that that. there's just like a little five-week dead period right before training camp. But by then, people are so starved, you just kind of talk about speculation anyway as to what the Chiefs record is going to be. What do you think player X is going to have? Because the roster's just set, so on and so forth. So you're absolutely right. It's it, and you hope you're not writing a story about somebody being arrested in that little time period. <laughs> Sean Smith, where yes, you at? You're, you're hoping, Pete, that you're not writing stories, but there's just content after content. Arrowheadpride.com, you guys have a ton of content. I recommend everybody go read that uh, piece by Matt Lane today. Incredibly uh, well done with the free agency and the draft and everything else. And, of course, we have Kent Swanson's draft guide coming out on April 8th that people can use 610 as a promo code and buy it for six ninety nine. dollars as, as Kent likes to say, it's cheaper than a burrito at Chipotle. <laughs> That's right. Make sure you pick up the KC draft guide. But you were talking about uh, Matt Lane this week on their podcast. It was funny because Matt was the one who really was against all the speculation. And then here he goes online today, and you can find it <laughs> at ourheadpride.com. Matt goes through, like, the 12 or 13 Chiefs rumors that we've seen and his reaction to it and what he would do if he was in the position of general manager Brett Veach. First of all, I want to play two things for you, Pete, and get your reaction. This is 12 seconds of CDOT paying $25 to ask Landon Collins a question. I don't know if you've heard this answer or not. Have Give you it heard, to me. Have you heard the answer? I He actually, I just ran into him when he was headed out, and he told me about it, but I have not heard it yet. Yeah, he spent 25 bucks to ask... Landon Collins a question. Now, we used to have advertisements on the station to ask Russell Wilson on his app, and they had a uh, advertisement for it, and I never asked Russell Wilson a question. I didn't have anything to ask him, really, but I would have with Landon Collins, but you paid $25 for this cameo thing. I'm not exactly 
sure what that is, Pete, but... What would you charge on your cameo bank? I, I, I don't want to pay anything. <laughs> I'd pay, maybe. You could do an Arrowhead Pride or cameo yeah. or something to put you, Matt and Craig and Jake and all those guys. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is what CDOT got for $25. Now, he says he's going to do this again tomorrow. I'm like, CDOT, CDOT, CDOT it, it, listen, CDOT buys some nice stuff. But CDOT's also incredibly cheap like me as well. This is what CDOT paid $25 for when he asked Landon Collins if there was any interest in the Chiefs, like there's been this rumor swirling and everything else. This is what $25 gets you. I can't give you inside scoop. Got to find out what everybody else find out. Um, a lot of teams been on my line. And, yeah, there's a lot of options out there for myself. But we'll see it when the deadline comes. <laughs> it was 25 bucks. He's rolling around in a car just banking, man. Just banking. See, I paid 25 bucks for that, Pete. See, at the end of that, Landon Collins is about to make a lot of money. At the end of that, Landon Collins should be saying, oh, and by the way, I'm going to refund you $25. You know what I mean? Or like, say his name like, all right, Carrington, I see you. Or something, just something, man, for 25 bucks. Or at least put in there, hey, Len- this is Landon Collins. You're listening to The Drive. <laughs> yeah, like then you can play that. <laughs> yeah, this is Landon Collins. I may or may not be a chief. But I think he's going to try to get tomorrow. What's it going to be like if you're reunited with Spagnola? So that's a you got to give Landon Collins a question that he can't fish him way out of. I said, would you play for Patrick Mahomes? What would be the allure of that? That's, But, again, I'm not, I don't want C to keep paying 25 bucks every day. To ask <laughs> it's not your money. It's his. <laughs> I know, but he's not getting anywhere with Landon. By the end of the week, he's going to spend end up spending 100 bucks. I think there's a really good chance Landon Collins ends up in Kansas City. I, I just look at the signs. The signs are there. I mean, Brett Feach had interest in him. At the trade deadline. He gets what he wants, doesn't he? Wasn't able to get it done. Now he's a free agent. You have the Spagnolo connection, as you said. Collins' best years were under Steve Spagnolo, And, I mean, why wouldn't you want to play for a team that has an up-and-coming MVP 23, 24-year-old quarterback was, a, was to step away from the Super Bowl, a defensive player away from the Super Bowl? You, you can make the case. If Landon Collins is on this team last year, they're in the Super Bowl. Now, he had a down year, but he's the only guy in the NFL since 15 with over 400 tackles and 30 passes defended. Only guy in the NFL. And he's the only safety since Rodney Harrison back in 2003 to have a 100-tackle season, five or five interceptions, four sacks. That's a big name. Yeah, I mean, he finished third to Khalil Mack and Von Miller in 16, under Spags, like you said. I remember the Chiefs 101 awards. I was down there for the media thing, and there was Landon Collins wearing some fancy shoes. And you know our guy, the Dirty Werewolf. He was talking. Landon Collins couldn't have been a nicer guy, but he showed up. Like, that shows, like, when, when guys yeah, show up w- for that, that, that means a lot to the Chiefs. Not Nothing against the NFL 101 awards, but they're not as prestigious as the regular, you know, national uh, awards that are given away at the Super Bowl. And they the players kind of have a choice whether or not they're going to come yep. to Kansas City for the NFL 101. So you make a good point. Like, the fact that he was willing to come does say something about the player. It does. It says a lot that he respected the organization. He couldn't have been a nicer guy. Uh, thankful to the Chiefs and everything else. And this is voted on by national media. NFL Network actually shows this thing now. They don't show it yeah, live, they but do they show a, replays. Right. It. So they, I think it's the three-hour, four-hour event. I think it's actually coming up this weekend. And what they end up doing is they'll cut it down to one hour and then show it later. My complaint with the NFL 101s, and we're getting a little off topic here, is they always tell you who wins the awards prior to, so there's really no yeah, the air, media says air of mystery. But you do find out the one piece of news you find out, I believe it's this Saturday, is who's going to be, I think, in the next ring of honor for next year. So yeah. you'll find that out this and weekend. Be there. Right. And then Pat Mahomes gets his team MVP award, and then Andrew Wiley, the, I call him the People's Rookie of the Year. <laughs> He'll take home the Mackley Hill uh, Award this Saturday. I'll never forget, because I usually go down to that media session they have, 
And I don't stay for the fancy dinner. I'm not going to put a oh, come on, on bank. Slap a steak on a, on a plate. The, the, the fancy food. Just come on. But I go down for the media session. I'll never forget Chuck Pagano was there right after they had that comeback against the Chiefs. And he was right there. And, you know, I was able to ask Chuck because you can go up there and ask him questions. I was able to talk to Chuck. Would you say, why, when, Chuck? Why would you do this? Why would you crush us like this, like a dove, and you show up and eat our steak? Why would you just explain this one to me, Pete? This is Chris Jones on Instagram with a very popular NFL player that set out last year. I want a full explanation for what the hell Chris Jones was doing. Listen, man, we're over here just talking about this free agency and how crazy it can get, man. And just out of the blue, what what if? What if I was a crazy did? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's Le'Veon Bell, and by the way, the rumors of him being 260 pounds in fat, that is false. He looks he did, pretty good. He did look pretty good. Um, okay, my, my first thought when I saw this, first of all, it was funny, all right? Here's Chris Jones with Le'Veon. N- number two, they might be working out together, which is good for Chris Jones. I mean, I'm sure Le'Veon Bell is trying to get back into shape. Jones wants a six-pack, he's tweeted out So already. my biggest thing, my biggest takeaway was, I don't know if that's the – Good enough influence, Pete. And I always liken it to, you know, if you're married or have a girlfriend or whatever, and you say, well, say your, your friend Johnny's real wild. And I told us her, like, Johnny, she knows he's wild. And he goes out and has a good time and likes to talk to the ladies, and you're going out with him. And she gets a little nervous that you're going out with him. I'm looking at this saying Chris Jones is in line to get some cash. <laughs> and he's talking to a guy that sat out and turned down a $70 million contract. That worries me a little bit. Because what is Le'Veon's influence on a young Chris Jones that had 15 and a half sacks? I'm not sure that's the guy go I want get, Chris Jones hanging out with. Right. I mean, I think what he would say is go get the bag. Go get your contract. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Um, 100%. I, I don't necessarily think you have to worry about in Chris Jones' case because I feel like he has some good people around him and he loves Kansas City and I think he has a, a real love for football. Whereas Le'Veon Bell, he already had tried the franchise tag thing. It didn't work. He didn't want to risk injury, so on and so forth. He's waited a long time to be a free agent here. While it would be great to assume, okay, this video now means there's a possibility Le'Veon Bell ends up in Kansas City. And I don't necessarily think it's it's 0%. I think it's non-zero, but it's small. I mean, there he would be having to take a cut based upon how uh how how close against the cap the Chiefs are. And, you know, I ultimately ends up uh, I ultimately think he ends up in a place like the New York Jets. And that's what people are saying. The place place that would pay a running back. Uh, and that has a space to do so. Unless they view him as a conduit for Patrick Mahomes being out of the backfield. Because right. Le'Veon can do so many different things. Like, that would actually be a nice piece. I know Damian well, Williams had a fine postseason and everything else. But there is there is a talent difference. Just like I thought there was a talent difference with Cream Hunt and Damian Williams. Damian Williams was fine. And you look at some of his numbers, they were Cream Hunt-like. But Cream Hunt had over 250 rushing yards in two games against the Patriots and five touchdowns. But that's the interesting thing about this offseason is the Chiefs are up against the cap. But we were always thinking in a world where D. Ford or Justin Houston was on this team and Eric Berry was on this team. And then all of a sudden, this week has happened and you're hearing different things and rumors and so on and so forth. And you could get into a situation where it's next week and none of those guys are on the team. And then you have some room to play with. And if you extend these guys, maybe their cap hit isn't as much. And then Brett Veach can be as aggressive as he wants. We were never thinking that that was a possibility. And that's what's so crazy. I think about this off season, a, the attention that's just on this team because they were on the doorstep of the Super Bowl, and B just these surprise rumors. I don't think anyone in Kansas city thought there was a chance that, Barry, Houston, and Ford 
all may not be on the 19 roster. Speaking of rumors, Pete, you lead me right in to what I want to talk about. Ford, Houston, and Barry. Who plays for the Chiefs next year and who doesn't? Well, that's Pete Sweeney next. Pete Sweeney, editor and pride, Arrowhead Pride. Editor-in-chief, not Arrowhead. Editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride. We got .com. Um, from the uh, Protein House, eat with the Purpose text line. Shout out to the Cosmic IPA I'm about to drink. Now, the Cosmic IPA, are you going Space Camper Cosmic IPA? One of the things I enjoy doing, Pete, is going to the bar, the peanut, after uh, work. I should have said that. There's no money. It should be some money coming in from them, as much as I spend there. But <laughs> I love the peanut. As Ron Hughley would say, you could step up. But I go... And I, I take a picture of a beer. It's usually a Boulevard beer that I'll grab. And I try to fool Jeremy Danner. And it's my little game. Jeremy Danner Boulevard. I'll say, name my beer. And I play three strikes with him, basically. Like strike one, strike two. And he, they give me a Tank 7 once in the Tank 7 glass. I don't like when they do that because that gives it away. Right. You're, you're, you're playing a mystery game. Here. Yeah. But I, I had Space Camper last night. And first guess, man. First guess. Off the top rope, Danner nailed it. He's good. He's good. I, I I like that guy. I actually, for some reason, over the past year, I've really taken a liking to Jam Band. Have you read the Jam oh, yeah. Band? It's pretty like it's pretty good. I'm not really a big sour guy, but for some reason, I've liked it. And then I was just telling you, uh, in between the break, is uh, Carrington on his way out hand me another Boulevard beer, Vamos. So I'm excited to try that as well. It's good beer, you know. It's it's, it's beer season, Pete. Well, it's always beer season. What am I <laughs> beer about? season. Well, it's free agency season too. All right. The rumors came out that Justin Houston was released or going to be released, quickly refuted by the Chiefs beat writers that it's not going to happen. It probably will. I mean, the cap savings on that. Where do you stand with Justin Houston? Will they be able to trade him now that everybody knows in the world that they're going to have to cut him? I can't, unless they do this Patriots. The Patriots have a way of getting something for you. It's why they have the cap space they do in the 12 picks this year. They might get a late rounder or whatever, but they have a knack for doing this with teams, so they're guaranteed to get the player, and then they get a pick back. Typically in the late rounds, they package for something else, but they're the masters of doing exactly what I think the Chiefs want to do. Yeah, it's starting to seem like he's not going to be able to be moved, and the more you explain, or the more you look into, I should say, the situation where there was the report the other night, I think maybe that that is what kind of that reporter was alluding to is um, there aren't a lot of suitors. And if you're going to get a trade in this particular situation with that much cap space, it's going to have to be at least two, right? At least two teams are going to have to be interested. Otherwise, you just wait until he's released and you figure out what you're going to pay him. And I I find that, you know, team people forget too. Like teams could talk to each other and say, what do you, what do you really think of for this guy? You know what I mean? The GMs are all this like fraternity. So, I think it's starting to become a situation, and it's and it's wild because of Justin Houston and the year that he had last year. But I just don't think anyone wants to take on that cap number and give up something else. And yeah, I I would tend to agree that the Chiefs can't keep him because you know Brett, you, you know Brett Veach. We were just talking it before the break. He's and gonna, it's not his guy either. No, not his guy, and he's going to want money to play with. And the first thing in in order to do that is to. Get rid of that number, which will free up fourteen million, whether by trade or you know with the cut. And it's unfortunate, but it's going to happen. And it's just you know a product of the game. I think in a perfect world, where if this is the major league baseball or or something like it, and there's no um, you know cap, you know maybe he's on this team, but it's just not the case. 
Eric Berry, uh, according to over the cap, cutting Berry at the post-June 1st designation will save $8 million against the cap on June 2nd, a total savings of $9.5 million in 2019, but $8 million will be dead money against the 2020 salary cap, which they would have two years to spread out that dead cap money, a lot like the Dolphins do with over $20 million within Dominic and Sue. But it does create cap room. I'm not of the belief that Eric Berry plays on this team in 2019. I don't think a, te- a Super Bowl-bound team deals with the player with a precious roster spot that's day-to-day. I just don't see Andy Reid dealing with that every day. Yeah, it, this one is weird because of I, I look toward the combine comments of Veach and Reid, and you know they're just kind of turning around and saying, yeah, he doesn't need surgery, and he'll be healthy for the next year. And it's kind of interesting because I think it, if – these are two guys who last year had no problem to your face telling you he's day-to-day the entire year. If they really weren't going to keep him on this team, I feel like they might, might have been a little bit more, I wouldn't say secretive, but hold their cards to their vests a little bit more at the Combine. I, I think they're going forward. And again, I, I'm not high percentage on Barry staying in this team, but I think right now I'm about like at a 60 or 70%. It's just a matter of like what is happening behind the scenes, and we don't really have a picture of that, but like, you saw in that article from Sam Melliger the other day that there's a number of years left in the contract. There's a lot of money involved that you would just be throwing away. So maybe the Chiefs at the end of the day say, we're too pot committed on this player. We have to see what we can get for them. I, you don't know the details of it, so it's hard to really have a strong take. But if I'm, if I'm making one, I, I don't know why there was no procedure. Like You've tried already. Rest. Rest didn't work. Do something because nothing – you can't have what happened last year happen again. It would be embarrassing for Barry. It would be embarrassing for Reed, and it would be embarrassing for the organization to go through that again. And, you know, no one really likes to say this about Eric Barry, who's been such a, a novel to the city, is it was a distraction last year. It was a distraction all year, and it was um, – I found and, – and, again, this is just me, especially – uh, after the spirit comments in the Ravens game, I found it to be like a little bit selfish. Like I thought it took away more so to the, you know, from the team. And so they need to figure it out to me. I think at this point, you, well, like we had talked about, I think a few weeks ago, you hope it was maybe an injury settlement, but it seems like that can't happen if it's, if it's one-sided. And so if Barry wants to be here, it's going to have to be a cut if they don't want him on this team. Which is unfortunate. Uh, I, I know there's no bad blood between the two because I know the chiefs are very supportive uh, with Eric Barry. Uh, these long-term contracts is not working out for the Kansas City Chiefs. John Dorsey, these long-term deals. When you have a when you cross that thirty-year-old mark, man, it, more more times than not, they don't work out in the National Football League. And now you're seeing it in Kansas City. I want you to hear this. This is a Brett Veach with Mike Florio talking about some big contracts coming up. We'll play this, and I'll get your reaction on the other side. But isn't this? And we'll talk about D Ford too, because clearly D Ford falls into this category. Think about John Dorsey and thinking about waiting on contracts that cost the Chiefs probably $25 million. Listen to what Veach has to say and tell me if this isn't music to your ears. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, um, you know, it's a good thing to have great players, but also there's, there is, you know, the reality of, of, of having a cap and, and staying under that. Um, got a great staff and, and Brant Tillis and Chris Shea, two guys that work in our department. Um, but it's funny, when we drafted Pat and we start doing stuff last year with, with different free agents, um, we – before Pat even had this season, you know, we were anticipating him being a franchise quarterback. So there was a reason why he moved up from 27 to 10. And when we did that, everything, you know, since when I took over was, even though he didn't start yet, like, 
we're anticipating him having a mega deal and a mega contract. So we've already kind of laid the foundation and, and uh, are planning for that. It's going to be challenging, and there'll be certain things that we have to do, but um, it's a good problem to have, and I think teams would want to have those type of problems. All right. Think about what he just said there. I loved every second of that soundbite, Pete, that we knew we were going to have this problem coming up, meaning we're forecasting in the future what Mahomes is going to that, that That's cap responsibility. I got a big take on this. You got a big take on this. Here, Pete's big take plus D Ford. Where will he be next year? Will he be here? We'll ask Pete next. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. At night. Yes. Voice lady, I love my football. I love baseball too. Love talking Royals. I love talking Chiefs. You'll hear quite a bit of that on this station. We'll get to Key Streak ending later on in the program. But Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com, editor in chief. By the way, they're doing great stuff out there. Go check out uh, Matt Lane at Chief in Carolina's latest piece on free agency in the little mock draft that he has as well as Matt is a. Uh, Huge draft junkie as are the rest of the Arrowhead Pride crew. Pete sent, I think, three people or four people to the Senior Bowl this year to get hand or um, interview players. Right. Which always impresses me when I'm talking to Craig or Matt or Kent. They said, no, I talked to him at the Senior Bowl. And I love that because that is awesome. We have right now four people affiliated with Arrowhead Pride working on the draft. It's the nerd squad who you know, Ken Swanson, Matt Lane. Anything but nerds. But and and uh, Craig Stout. And uh, Stout will be on later with you at, I believe, 8 o'clock, 8 right? O'clock. And then Jake Morley, uh, Stack, who comes in, and, and he does a lot of Packers stuff, but he does Chiefs draft coverage for us because he's a friend of Kent's. And uh, they're doing a fantastic job. Draft guide's coming out April 8th. I'm sure you've heard about Can't it by wait. now. Oh. Um, should, should Again, should be a fun month leading up to the draft. Yeah, and we've had Kent in to... Uh, to, to talk about that draft guide right there. That, that cut from Brett Veach, pretty much admitting they know the Mahomes mega deal is coming up. Right. And they know the Tyreek Hill contract is coming up, which, by the way, it sounds like they're already working on it, which leads me to think, what are they doing with Chris Jones? Because we've heard those rumors either. But what do you take away? Dorsey's a great guy, great talent evaluator. I got nothing bad to say about John Dorsey, but he reminds me of a guy that his wife takes his checkbook because he may be a little irresponsible for it. When you cost, <laughs> we cost the owner money. Eh, you know, you got some explaining to do, Pete. But I, I think that's what it came down to. I don't think it's his talent evaluation. That was, although I will say, I thought he was primitive in some of the things that I saw as far as not being computerized and, right. not, and not doing the things that you would think new age GMs do. But he's doing a fantastic job in Cleveland. But they have a huge analytical department there, too, in Cleveland. And Dorsey probably has to work with that squad. What did you make from Veach's comments about the pre-planning he's already doing? So, it's interesting, right? Because you're you're starting to hear, all right, the D Ford was officially franchise tagged, and now he's getting floated out for trade rumors and a second rounder included. And I went on the other day to our own website and I said, I you know I had two theories about it. The Chiefs either have no intention of trading Ford, but rather I think saving the money, meaning I think they're trying to potentially avoid 
a position dispute with the franchise tag. I think that's a possibility. 1.7, I understand it's only $1.7 million, but $1.7 million is only $1.7 million. And what he's talking about is being defined as a linebacker right. or defensive defensive end. Because if defensive ends get more money. Right. Defensive end is around 17. Um, linebackers around. So I say, okay, maybe what they're floating that out so that, um, again, so they can save the $1.7 million. And they're so far up against it that that makes sense. Okay. Or you know, maybe they would actually accept a second rounder for Ford, which in my opinion would be a mistake. So those are my two theories on Ford. But what I'm, I'm, the point I'm making is here we are in the outside and we're looking at 2019. We just got off the Super Bowl run, AFC title run, and we're saying, well, well, we, you know, we want everything now. We want everything now. What that clip tells you is, and I don't know if it necessarily tells you, but just reminds you is that they're not only thinking about 2019, they need to be thinking about 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. And it's not as simple like even in Eric Berry. Eric Berry's got a couple of years left after this and after next year. So he's thinking about how does that contract sort of fit in, um, you know, with the grand scheme of things. And I, I look at, you know, I look at, again, the, the situation with Ford, and I, I paint it as this. Like, we see the scribbles, but we don't know what the big blueprint is here. Like, they know they're going to have to pay Patrick Mahomes and the reported record $200 million contract. So everything is done with that in mind. Right. So when we say, well, why the hell are they releasing D4? Why the hell Justin Houston? Why is Eric Berry maybe going to be gone? Could be all part of a plan that we're not even really seeing. Like, maybe it's another all-defensive draft. And that's the weird thing about the offseason. It's like you kind of trying to, you're trying to judge all these moves when you don't really have any idea what the grand plan is. How much fun are you having this team is so close, that close? And I know we're starting to lose pieces that were that close. Houston, D. Ford maybe, but Chiefs led the NFL in sacks. They tied Pittsburgh with 52, but it didn't get him anywhere. But the fact that they were that close to D. Ford offsides to get into the Super Bowl, now it's just, it's just about you know changing defensive philosophies with Spagnola. Is that enough? Is that enough? Or... Build this offense up where they still outscore everybody and just hope you can bring in 31st-ranked defense, Pete, to, like, 19th. Eh, man, this defense was bad. And you're telling me that you know, you're know you going to get maybe get rid of Justin Houston and D. Ford and, and, it, and somehow you're going to improve upon that? And I understand it's all new coaches. We love the all-star coaching staff. We've talked about it. I do. I do love it. I think Steve Spagnuolo is a good – um, batch of energy that's going to come with really to a year of reflection too. And then you got to know that he's champ- champing at the bit to get back into the mix as far. And he's probably got some new ideas and we think it's just going to be a four, three under, but he himself has said it's going to be more of a hybrid again, sub packages on about 75% of the time. Uh, I, I think it's, I'm hard, I'm hard pressed to be convinced that getting d- rid of D Ford is, is a correct move. I, and I, I understand maybe you're going to make some splash offensive moves like you, like say they add say they add Le'Veon Bell, right? Do you still feel good about this team if no big moves or no replacements are made on defense, and you're getting rid of? And again, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to this, but getting rid of Eric Berry, getting rid of Justin Houston, and getting rid of D Ford. I understand Justin Houston is a big number, but he had a pretty good year last year. He was still one of the best pass rushers in the league when it came to pressures. D Ford had the most pressures of anybody. I just worry about that because we made fun of the Raiders all offseason long, all beginning of the season long because they got rid of Khalil Mack. I understand D Ford ain't Khalil Mack. You don't have to convince me, but that would be getting like that'd be close. And we made fun of John Gruden. Oh, pass rushers are hard to come by in this league. Yeah, 
I like I wouldn't get rid of D Ford. D Ford created a dilemma to me for the Chiefs. When he was drafted in the first round, I wasn't a fan of it when they went that, that direction when they took D Ford. I had to convince myself overnight of why they did it. And remember Dorsey had a succession plan. Eric Fisher to take over Brandon Albert, you know, learn from him and then take over Sean Smith to Marcus Peters. He had a, he had a, uh, a, a, and he was supposed to take over for Tom Bali. Tom Bali actually got two more contracts because D Ford wasn't ready to play. And to me, that was an indictment on him that he could learn from two of the best pass rushers in the game in Justin Houston and Tom Bali, but he just didn't develop. He surprised them this year with the way he played, loses his outside linebacker coach. Yeah, and has I, a different one come in. I, I think he surprised the Chiefs and put them in this dilemma because I don't think they had they saw that he had this. Now I don't know if it's a contract here thing or what. Something got in the D four that we haven't seen. Yeah, two. I mean, two points on this too is we don't even know what Spagnola really because they were still going through the evaluation process uh, the last time he talked. We don't know what they see in D Ford whether he's going to be a defensive end or or they want to keep him as some type of linebacker in whatever scheme they're they're running and so. Again, I think they could be thinking about you know where to even re- where he really fits. I you know I think there could be um, uh, some truth to that, and I think you make a really good point about Mike Smith no longer being here because if you read that Bleacher Report article, fantastic. I, I'm forgetting who did it now. Um, I He's wish up in Green Bay. I wish I could remember, but um, the Bleacher Report article with when D Ford was saying about Gary Gibbs, and this was the linebackers coach. Uh, previous years who did both outside and inside which is completely stupid and ford again i I don't necessarily know if he was making excuses in the article but if you read the quotes gary gibbs did nothing for d ford and if you're a young player i don't care if you're one of the best college players in the sec i don't care if you're coming in and you're not going to get instruction on how to be a professional or what tip you know you're not going to get the coaching like it's you're not going to be able to develop i I think we even saw that with alex smith at the beginning of his his career in like in san francisco like so to me, yeah, D Ford had a great coach last year. But if you like this coaching staff as much as everyone says they do, I like it too. I feel like they could work with D Ford to make him effective, whether that be on the edge, on the line, or you know, as a linebacker, whatever they foresee in this defense. And it's a short term thing. You want to ring this year. This was Spagnola in his press conference on D Ford. And again, I found these comments more lightly than Beach talking about him or anybody else. Because he's very non-committal, and I don't know if it's a whole salary cap thing, defensive end, linebacker. We're not sure where we're going to put him, but I thought this was very, very, very telling by Steve Spagnuolo on D Ford. Yeah, we, uh, still, still kind of assessing that. But the, the one thing he can do, and we all know that know this, is he's an explosive football player that makes a lot of plays. He's had some production, and look at it. If he's here with us, I'll be excited to have him. Be excited to work with him. How do you kind of see him fitting in in a scheme that you may run? I know he's been an outside linebacker, but he's also had some experience playing a DN in a 4-3 in college. Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, really haven't figured that out yet. Um, I, I think myself, uh, linebacker coaches, D-line coaches, would still like to figure that out. Uh, I don't think that we're ready uh, to put a tag on it one way or the other. I don't think you meant the tag, the franchise tag, tag outside line or outside linebacker or defensive end. But in some ways, it sounds like he's getting together with Matt House, the linebacker coach that did develop Aaron Donald at Pittsburgh and Brendan Daly, now the defensive line coach. Again, all history with Steve Spagnuolo. 
which that brings me to Landon Collins again because of that experience. Obviously, they're big fans of nepotism. I'm I'm not kidding about that. But the D Ford dilemma. What I think he makes those comments because he was playing t- company man. I think that's overlooked in this. And by the way, I just want to say Dan Pompey was the Bleacher Report article. Read it if you haven't. It's a great book mm-hmm. on D Ford. I think that was a big. I think that's a big part of this trade thing. And I don't think it's getting necessarily talked about enough. $1.7 million is $1.7 million. If you want him to be tagged for the year as a linebacker, you have to legitimately make the case that he's not a fit in your team if you're going to eventually make him a defensive end. That's just a strategy. If at the end of the day in, train, in training camp you decide, okay, now he's going to be defensive end, you could always point back and say, no, no, we really didn't think this was going to work out back then You know, he, as a linebacker. He, this is what we want him at. I mean, and historically – Historically, the league will accept the tag based upon the most snaps of where the player played. But there is a history, like with Terrell Suggs, of, of a hybrid tags. And again, the Chiefs are trying to do any way they can save any amount of money. I think they're they're doing right now, and I and I think that's been a little bit overlooked when it comes to this whole tag trade situation. Well, it is money time. Tyreek Hill, I, I'm a big fan. Tony Dungy talked about it. Remember, the Colts had this philosophy with Manning. They would put all their eggs in one basket, meaning they'd pay two or three players a ton of money and then just piece other pieces around it. They did. The Cowboys had a philosophy, too, when they were racking up rings. And you see this philosophy done with teams putting all your eggs in one basket. Marty, or not, excuse me, Herm Edwards, um, did say some things with the Chiefs that I liked. You pay a guy when the arrow's going up. You do not pay him when the arrow's going down or the arrow's going sideways. Tyreek Hill, that arrow is still going up. Chris Jones, the arrow is still going up. I can't say that when they gave Barry that money that that arrow was still going up. I don't know. Um, I felt like Houston was. I thought the arrow was still going up. He's a young guy when when they paid him, and twenty two sacks, twenty six years old. I thought that I thought that that contract. I had no complaints with that contract at the time. But we've just seen this with other organizations that don't want to. Um, Edron James. When he's with the Colts, great running back. They get rid of him. They, they draft Joseph Adai and win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's what teams do. Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, no way would I want to watch this. Because I think Tyreek Hill is such a compliment to Pat Mahomes and so explosive. You just can't find that kind of speed, that kind of playmaker. And not only that, you've got him really cheap for the last couple of years. It, and you, you got a lot more Jay, production than I the mean, price. It, and I understand. You don't pay for what you've done. You pay for what you're going to do. I understand we're in Kansas City. But it would be a shame, I think, even for like a general NFL fan, a fan of any team who watches a lot of national games, you know, is a crazy fan like us. Chiefs will probably be on six again this, this year. I think it would be a shame for... Mahomes and Hill not to play their careers together because with the arm Mahomes has. It's a Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning thing. Similar, but not exactly. Cooper. Mahomes Reno. has a better Mahomes has a better arm. And I just don't think there's a lot of wide receivers in the NFL and, and like everyone wants to talk about Tyreek Hill's speed. Tyreek Hill's tracking ability is elite. And when you have Mahomes and he's running around and extending plays and throwing the ball up in the air like that's why the fourth and nine worked down all the way down the field because of Tyreek Hill's tracking ability. Like, it would be a shame for these guys to be separated. And I think Brett Veach and the personnel staff, they saw that and they said, we're going to not let this guy go. And I think it's the right move. A lot of people say, you're, you know, why would you pay him this amount of money? 
again, that's just how it goes. Like with quarterbacks, in a couple of years, this contract will, will be behind again. You know, I mean, I, I think that's just what you have to do when you have an elite receiver. They're hard to come by. Like these elite type of players are hard to come by. Beach realizes that. You could tell from the clip, and he's paying these guys. And I think that uh, receivers are getting the catch. That's why Odell Beckham wasn't a running back at LSU. It's why he was a wide receiver. Yeah. It's hard. There's just some positions. Pete, last year out of the last 20 sackers, I took a look at it. 14 of them first-round picks. Four were second-round picks. Two were third-round picks out of the top 20 sackers, meaning nobody third-round or beyond was was in this. It's just so hard to replace when you put a Zombo or somebody like out there to get the quarterback. That's another argument for a guy like D. Ford and Tyreek Hill. They're just so exclusive at what they do. And I know Tyreek Hill wasn't a, a first-round pick. Obviously, he's fifth-round for reasons, but – Redrafted, he's a top five pick. No question about it. I mean, it. you give him two to three yards of open space, it's a touchdown. He Over the past three years, he's had 34 touchdowns total. That's a, that's To think that there's any case that you'd want to get rid of that, you're lying to yourself or you're insane. And I understand it's going to take a lot of money, but be smart about this. Be, be a smart fan. Agree with the decision to end up having this record-setting deal that's rumored uh, by Ian Rappaport. And I know this is a simple thing to say, but it's so true, but sometimes football can be overcomplicated. Pat Mahomes said in OTAs when he first got here as a rookie, then he reiterated the same thing last year after the Steelers game when he said, my job is to put the hand, the ball in the hands of my playmakers. And I look back, and I can't think of many times where he threw dead-end passes, meaning the passes he made was... Because I'll never, I'll never forget Kurt Warner getting Larry Fitzgerald lit up. Or no, it wasn't. It was uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Who was it? Uh, but anyway, Kurt Warner got one of his receivers lit up, and he felt bad about it. I never saw Pat Mahomes lead a receiver into a hit. It was always put the ball in the hands of my playmakers, let them make plays. Very simple philosophy, but he's lived up to that. I think that's the thing we learned about Pat Mahomes this year because we came in and said, okay, he's an accurate passer, he's a deep ball passer, he might throw a lot of picks, but he's going to be like Phillip Rivers. No, I mean, he, he's already better than Phillip Rivers. Like I think he's really football smart and football savvy, and Phillip Rivers is still great. But I think just Patrick Mahomes is on another level, and he is at the age of 23. Like, he has not even hit his prime yet. He's his, he won't hit his prime for another three years. So just think about that. Uh, the Chiefs are in such a, a fortunate position, and it's, like, it, it's, a, it's a reason why guys like Tyreek Hill want to stay here and I think it's a reason why you may consider eventually Travis Kelsey as the greatest tight end in the history of the game that all comes from the quarterback Chiefs are lucky to have Pete you once again led me right down a segue Andy Reid speaking to NFL Network Steve Mariucci how do you coach a player that's won an MVP we talk well we have to talk Patrick Mahomes next can't wait to hear what the show is going to say about the uh, little video of Le'Veon Bell and Chris Jones, Pete Sweeney, that's in the studio now. Editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com. You're, you're burying the lead of that commercial, Bank. Serta and you for a power <laughs> hour, meaning you're taking over the show. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, I, the, the thing is, Ron has this idea in his head that Serta and I can't produce our own high-quality midday program. And we intend to prove him wrong tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to <laughs> the power be fun. hour. It should be fun. I'm looking forward to the power hour. Um, want to play this for you. This is Andy Reid with Steve Mariucci. And again, Andy Reid is much different than the guy that stands in front of the camera and says, ah, blah, blah, the great team. You, you know that. Andy Reid's much more. Andy Reid is actually a very interesting guy in an interview. It's a lot like, well, it, it's worse than Ned. Because Ned, 
can be very surly when it's just reporters talking to him. But when Ned does interviews, like when he does that interview every week with Fesco in the morning, mm-hmm. fantastic. Or when Ned does national TV, just a different guy. But I thought this was a great question by uh, Mooch and on NFL Network. This is at the Combine. On coaching a player that's won an MVP, Andy Reid actually finds faults in Mahomes' game, believe it or not. Yeah, so you try not to overcoach him and, and ruin him is what you try not <laughs> yeah. to do. Um, you try to play to his strengths. You take his weaknesses that he might have. And this offseason, this will be great for Patrick. What weaknesses does he have? Well, they're, they're little things, you know. I'm not going to throw them out there because then he'll get he'll get destroyed on them. But <laughs> but they're but they're he'll take these cut-ups that we put together. He's going to look at them and go, "Oh my gosh, I could have been so much better right here." You know, whether whether it's footwork or arm angle or trusting his O line in a situation, you know, whatever it might be, whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. he'll go back and he'll look at those, and and then you see another jump. And, and he'll handle that the right way. Not everybody does that. Not, not everybody handles that, that second year. The thing that he understands is that every coach in this league knows who you are. Yeah. And they've got, they've got an eye on you. And there's some pretty smart coaches in this league. They're going to sit there and study you and say, I've got the answer right here. I've got the answer to slow Pat Mahomes down. Now that he's a marked man, Andy Reid once again, in my opinion, has a little bit of a challenge on him because one thing the Patriots did in the first half of that game is showed what pressure can do to one Patrick Mahomes. Now, the second half, they had no... <laughs> said at halftime he's just scored 30 points, and he did. He put up 31. Second year with Pat Mahomes. What can we really expect, Pete? Can he redefine himself... Can we really expect 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns any every year? Something just struck me when I was listening to that, and... Again, I've been covering the Chiefs now for about five years, so I got a little bit of David Culley, who was the wide receivers coach. And Reed is very big with his coaching tree. I think everybody knows that. But one thing that stuck with me when I was covering David Culley, and it might have been one of those days where the Chiefs let you interview the assistant coaches, Mm -hmm. was Culley was just talking a little bit about his coaching philosophy, which, guess what, because he's been with Andy Reed since 1999, probably comes a lot from Andy Reed. And it was something as to the effect of, yeah, these guys are pros, but I need to watch that tape of practice every day until I find something for them to work on. Because, again, in any craft, whether it be website writing or hosting or whatever it is that you know you guys do out there, there's always something that you can maybe do a little bit better, a little something that you can tweak a little bit. And, again, there's been people out there, and uh, you talk about Mike Florio. I think Chris Sims was one of them. Jeff Schwartz with SB Nation uh, was another who said, believe it or not, there were a lot of plays that Patrick Mahomes left out on the field in 2018. That is mind-blowing to think about when he had 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. But the fact that there's still room to grow, and again, being the age of 23, as long as this kid, A, stays healthy, and B, doesn't get too cocky, and I I don't foresee that, but doesn't get a big head about himself, this could be, and again, hold back whatever, Already seen an MVP year. This could be the greatest football player we've ever seen. Won't this be the most challenging offseason for him? Because now he is the household name. Now he's the one that LeBron tweets at. Now he's the one that does commercials. He's He's a superstar. And Lee Steinberg is marketing him as such. He waited and took his time with him. You got to think about it. It's it's open now. The box is open. You got to think about it because it's hard to remember this now. But think about when we were 23. And... Say you were one of or the up and coming 
like most famous people in the country. And all of a sudden, these people that you just knew were starting to greet you like LeBron James. You're on commercials. You had your own logo all of a sudden. You're the most popular person in Kansas City. Sorry, George Brett. It's not even a, it's not even a, ch- a close anymore. It's not even a race anymore. Uh, how he handles his second year is going to be huge. I think a lot of times you'd see the, the sophomore year, a lot of people will go struggle or will struggle. You know who comes to mind? Who went from a blip on the radar to famous and struggled with it is Kareem Hunt. He had a rushing title, and all of a sudden he's going to these basketball games. You'd see him out in the open. He's kind of embracing himself as a superstar, and he couldn't handle it. It's going to be huge. I happen to think that he's got a great head about him from being around him, and I don't think he's going to struggle with that. But again, remember, he's 23 years old, so there always is that question. Great stuff. That's Pete Sweeney. Check it out on the podcast page on demand. We'll put uh, we'll put uh, put it up there right away. Catch Pete's fine work at arrowheadpride.com. And again, Pete Sweeney, the power hour with Steven Serta tomorrow at 1230. I'm looking forward to that. But Pete, always appreciate uh, what all you guys do at arrowheadpride.com. You guys are great. And we'll talk to Craig Stout from arrowheadpride.com at 8. But I really appreciate you coming in. And uh, what I, what you guys do? Yeah, thanks, Jay. Uh, make sure you have a uh, beer for me tonight. Right? I will. I will, Pete. You're the one carrying the beer, Pete. You're the one carrying the beer. Can share that too, by the way. Pete needs to come in during the Friday brewery segment. I think Pete's got a little. We we, we discussed Bloody Marys during a break at one point. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.